Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is your host, Jim Ventura. Thanks for tuning in today. If it is your first time tuning into uh, Snake Oil Radio, we've been doing the show for about two years now, and we are now uh, weekly every Thursday at uh, 2 o'clock uh, Mountain Time. I like to say Phoenix Time. Okay, anyway, so uh, again, thanks for tuning in. Um, this is a, a special show for me today because I have a, a guest. Uh, once a month I, I do a guest interview show, and I'm very pleased to have uh, Laura Lester Fournier, and I'm going to have to ask her if I'm pronouncing that correctly as well, too, here with me. So, um, Laura, are you here? I am, and you did. Fournier is perfect. I got the name correct. That's very, very good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud now. Okay. That's excellent. Uh, well, welcome. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. How's the weather where you are? I- I'm here in Phoenix, so it's about 73 degrees here. So uh, I'm thinking you're probably not at that. I think you're in, are you in New Hampshire. I am. I'm in I'm in New Hampshire, and it let's see. It is a balmy. Uh, what is it? I think maybe 29 degrees. Yes. But it's nice. beautiful. It's sun, sunshiny. We have two feet of fresh snow on the ground, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, you know, exactly. As long as you're inside and you're warm and you're looking out on it, it it's nothing more beautiful, you know. <laughs> so that, that's that's a good thing to hear. Yeah, I'm actually I'm originally from Long Island, so I uh, I certainly know the East Coast winters very, very well. You okay, looks like a lot of people pop. Sorry, it looks like a lot of people popping in with calls already. Uh, guys, I'm going to keep you on hold for just a little bit. I want to talk a little bit to uh, Laura before I take calls, but I will take calls, and I'm going to take them according to who was on the the prompter first. Okay, so uh, just hang and relax and listen to the show, and we'll be with you shortly. Okay, so Laura, um, I you know of course I. I looked a bit over your your website. You definitely have quite a few interesting things that you do. You know, one of the things that uh, that that I I noticed about uh, Laura's work is she focuses a lot on forgiveness work. Mm-hmm. And um, I I can that, that's a that's a big one with me also too. I'm I'm very pleased to to hear someone uh, someone else doing this type of thing. I think it's so uh, important. So um, why don't I let you talk a little bit about that, Laura? Yeah, well, thank you. I think forgiveness is core to everything we do in our daily lives. I think it's 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 key to to successful relationships. I think it's key to reducing stress in our lives. I think it's key to our mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health. Um, and I and I think forgiveness is. Not just a daily practice, but a, a moment by moment practice. Because you know we need to forgive ourselves and we need to forgive others. And and it seems that we human beings screw up on a moment by moment basis. Right. <laughs> and and so we need to be very forgiving with ourselves and and then back it up with the intention to not repeat the behavior. Um, and and so that's really important. But we forgive ourselves. We forgive others. Um, we don't forget. Uh, remembering what has happened to us is very useful, um, and you know, forgiveness doesn't mean that we stay in situations. Of course, we uh, we need to to leave abusive situations and abusive people. And uh, but you know, for the most part, 
a lot of great relationships fall by the wayside because we struggle with the practice of forgiveness, you know, with being able to say, I forgive you, I love you, let's move forward. Yeah, yeah you know, and I, I think a lot of people, I think you, you really put that uh, very eloquently, because a lot of people think that um, forgiveness sometimes is weakness. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes it's a perception that, well, someone abused me or, or someone did something, and I, I won't let them win. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know what I mean about that. that. You know, it's very easy to think that way. You know, I always call that lower chakra influence. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that fight survival type thing. You know, it, it has its place, but, uh, you know, not in the in, in the, the thing, because you're absolutely right. Your, your forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget it. Um, you know, I know, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you've used this as well, too. Uh, clearly, from what I've read, and I want you to talk a little bit about your books and all those things that you've you've gone through some some uh, major difficulty during your childhood and and certain elements as as well. But you know, in the, I, I didn't go through any of those levels of abuse, but you know, I've had quite a few things that have been abusive that occurred during my life and. You know, I, one of the things I always tell people is I would not be an author had I not, in many ways, had I not gone through those things. Mm-hmm. Those were pivotal in 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 that in that process for me of writing my first book and even much of my second book, and um, and also the the connective that I'm able to make with clients when I work with them, because you know I I didn't experience uh, I didn't learn about spirituality in an ivory tower. Mm-hmm. You you walk through the minefields. Right. Absolutely. So thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. It, it would be lovely if we if we just learned from beautiful you know beautiful days with puppies and butterflies and yeah. you know and I I think we we do learn about joy during days like that and we do learn that we like days like that and that we want more of them but you know our our core learning and our our soul learning we get from suffering. Um, we get from walking through the fire, and um, and then you know, fortunately, I I felt very blessed um, as a child to receive the message that I would use what I'm learning when I was older, and that there was a purpose for it. So I I feel really blessed that I was connected with that while I was going through stuff. I think it made it a lot easier um, as a child as I was. Um, uh, sexually abused by my sister's husband for many years and uh, was was beaten physically and, you know, had just stuff happen that, that a lot of people have had happen. Um, that, you know, what I see in my work is uh, people really struggle to forgive that. And uh, it's, it's a big thing to forgive, but in the absence of forgiving it, you're just going to block everything good, you're going to block those butterfly and puppy days <laughs> right. from, from ever coming, you know, because you block your prosperity, you block your uh, your your ability to attract love, um, and, and it's very stressful to stay in an unforgiving space. It really is, uh, it takes a lot of energy. It, it really does. I, I would have to agree because people, you know, I, I always say that too. I'll, I'll even, I'll get angry in the moment. And then even with a friend, if I get mad, and then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, okay, okay let's get lunch. And, yeah. and, I'm like, and they're always like, wait a second, but we're mad at each other. I'm like, I'm not mad. I mean, you're an <laughs> idiot, but you know what I mean? I'm not mad at you. I just disagree on that area, but I'm not going to hold that. 
you know, it took a long time to learn that, too, I guess, in, in many respects. And it, it's so valuable because you're absolutely right. It takes so much, so much energy to focus on the, the resentment and the issue. And, and I know, and, and people go through varying degrees of abuse. Sometimes some things are easier to move through. <laughs> some things may take a while before you're able to do it, you know. Right, right. And and with the big things, um, with the really huge things from, from our childhood and those types of things that we need to work through, um, we can we can think that we've done the work and, and practice forgiveness and we're all set, we're all done, and then something will remind us of it. And yeah. we'll get, we'll, you know, and then we'll be right back in that place, you know, pissed off about it again, and, and we need to return to our practice and uh, and do what we need to do to um, to infuse our lives with that energy of forgiveness. And it's really it's a moment by moment process. We need reminders. We need we need those books. We need those CDs. We need those um, sticky post-it notes. Um, right. I've even used. I've even used a watch with with an alarm that went off every 15 minutes for a whole year. I had that just to remind me that I wanted right. to stay in the, in the present moment. And that was that was kind of fun and and annoying for people around me. But <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I always go with that logic too because I mean that's actually why I titled the show Snake Oil for that reason also because I, you know, I think sometimes people think you're you know when they think you're a new age nut job in that sense, by some of these weird things that come into your house and they see these funny post-its and these positive sayings and all of these things, and they look at you like you're, you know, you've got, uh, you've got a couple of screws missing. I always say, well, I say this with love, but who's happier? <laughs> I'm a pretty happy yeah. person. I mean, like, I, so my weird stuff is all around me, so I don't know if I'm embarrassed by my weird stuff. I know I'm not embarrassed by my weird stuff. I always tell this to clients, too. My, my joke is I always say, you know, at some point you have to come out of the metaphysical closet. Yeah. In that sense, and, and and just be okay with the fact that you're what I like to call it an old soul, or a mature old soul. That you're a bit of a weirdo, but you're a bit happier because of all that stuff that you use to keep you kind of fluid. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, so, all those reminders are good stuff. We need them. Absolutely. What you know, so what what got you on the road? What got you on the road? I always like to ask this um, of guests. Oh, and let me let me let me sidetrack here. This is my Sagittarius mind jumping from place to place, but I'll come back. Um, my I've got we've got a couple of calls on the docket, and I'm I'm going to answer your calls in about ten or fifteen minutes. So please hang with me. You can also ask questions in the chat room as well, folks. Um, uh, if you've got a question for Laura today, uh, I would like you to you know pose them toward her. Um, so I'm going to get to everybody. Um, so just bear with us for about another 10 or 15 minutes, and then again I'm going to pop up and start taking calls. Um, so one of the things I always like to ask um, uh, when I interview someone is, you know, what, what what would you say, what was the thing that got you on the road? I mean, what was the what was the door? I mean, because I think that's an interesting point when you think back to what, you know, that, that what puts you on this path in that sense yeah. of, of your spirituality. Uh, what what really put me on the path was um, one day I'm 17 years old, sitting in a park, it's pouring rain, and I'm trying to decide how I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And that that was what did it. And uh, and not to get too airy fairy on on everyone, but I truly did hear a voice, and I right. and I. And I and that voice asked me, Laura, 
wait a minute, what do you love about life? And brought me back into thinking about, um, and initially, believe me, I could not answer that question, and it took quite a while there in the pouring rain of me sobbing. Um, But ultimately, I I realized that uh, one simple little thing, and that was that I loved to ski and that I loved the snow. And uh, and this uh, uh, wonderful presence told me, then get up, go to the mountains, spend some time skiing, and reconnect with with joy. And and that's precisely what I did. And and uh, you know the catalyst was that I I had gotten so low in my life that I didn't feel that there was any joy left. I didn't feel like there was any way out of out of it, out of the suffering. Yeah. And that, yeah, and, and yeah, and that—that's not very airy fairy at all, by the way. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> is. Uh, you know, that's and that's very interesting to me too, because that's one of the reasons I like to ask people, you know, what the pivot point is, because I think this is really important for the listeners to hear too. If you have gone through something tremendously difficult in the past, or even if you're presently going through something tremendously tremendously difficult, um, there's always something else to come. That will that will come out of it in that sense. We, you know what I mean. The, when we we feel that, I think that when you feel that sense of sadness or pain, you should feel it fully. But to realize that you won't always feel that way. Right. That at some point there will be uh, a, a new feelings that will come and will come up. Because for me, and here's a little slightly off parallel. I didn't deal with abuse when when I was younger at all. I had a very loving family. I mean, my friends used to think we lived at, I had the Brady Bunch house or something. They were about siblings. It was all lovely. But what I was struggling with when I was uh, about uh, 15 or 16 was uh, the recognition that I was gay. And I thought about killing myself at that time as well because of the the absolute, you know, self-loathing, the, yeah. the you know, how, well, how my family, how people would feel about me, all of these things. This, of course, is back in you know, the 70s uh, before, you know, modern modern uh, perception has changed dramatically at the time. But same dynamic. But the, the trigger point for me, and that was pivotal in my spiritual growth as well, too. But when I, I was actually thinking about killing myself in, in great detail, and I kept thinking of ways to do it. And then the problem for me was I, if I did kill myself, it would hurt the people that loved me. So much, and they wouldn't. And I, I felt so bad about that at some levels. Like I thought that that was the worst thing that I can do. And then, you know, it was other little things. Like I liked video games, and I liked playing cards, and I liked games in that sense. And I was, I was beginning to become fascinated with oracles. So another part of me was like, as much as I don't want to be here, and I, and I, I'm, I'm in such pain. Another part of me was like, yeah, but I love those things too. I mean, I don't get to right. do those if I die. So anyway. you were connecting with you were connecting with something that you love about life too, and that, I think that's so important. Yeah, I mean, even if it's, I mean, that's one of the reasons. Like I would say, that's one of the benefits of having also a dog or a cat, or even yeah. <laughs> fish for that matter too. You, they, those things love you no matter what. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that to me is a if you if you if you're not getting a, an unconditional love stream from from family or the places where you quote unquote should get them, to me you get stuff a cat, you get stuff a dog, you get an unconditional love stream that's coming right. through. You know what I mean? In that sense. So so 
So that's and, and you know what I mean. I don't know. There's just something about that 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 is so significant. You know, I myself I was exposed to um, a lot of the forgiveness work about five or six years ago when I read. Um, you pro- I'm sure you've heard of this Colin Tipping's book, um, Radical Forgiveness. Yeah. And that's when that that really really uh, clicked for me in that sense because I had come out of a really bad abusive relationship. Um, emotionally and spiritually, and, I, and that book was was huge. So when I started looking through your stuff and, and seeing um, about the forgiveness work, I thought this is a really great slant on this as well too. Um, you you have a center actually uh, that is opening or has opened. Tell us a little bit about your center. It it is open and it's called the Center of Forgiveness, and uh, it's a very peaceful place. It's on the Salmon Falls River in Rollinsford, New Hampshire, and uh, folks can come in, and, and I do one-on-ones. I also work with couples. I do uh, teen groups and kids groups, and um, and it's, it's a really great, peaceful space. I have two fantastic red couches that you just got to see. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's a good place. I, I also offer retreats um, up in the White Mountains, of New Hampshire at the Eagle Mountain House, and those are also um, uh, forgiveness-based and um, and very beneficial. Uh, sounds like it. You um, you also have um, you've got a number of, uh, of of books and CDs on the subject as well, too. Correct. I do. I have um, I have uh, the latest book is called uh, The Caterpillar's Flight. And it is a, a story of transformation. Um, it's a culmination, really, of all four of my CDs, which are speaking of peace, uh, true love, grace, and forgiveness. And they are all available through my website at www.lauralesterfournier.com. And Fournier is F like Frank, O-U-R-N-I-E-R. Um, they're also on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, so a little shameless plug there. But the um, the book is is uh, is really great if you want to have something to uh, to carry around and just um, revisit and keep you in that that space of of forgiveness and, and stress reduction. There are a lot of tips in there about how to reduce stress and some techniques that are really beneficial and. Uh, how to how to keep yourself in the in the essential energies of grace and and peace and love and forgiveness important things absolutely absolutely yes uh i definitely think uh worth checking out i think um i've got i've got quite a few more questions but i'm i i my the kind gene in me which does show up from time to time uh <laughs> is feeling for the callers who've been waiting about twenty minutes so i'm going to take the first caller. And then I'm going to go back to the interview, and then we'll we'll take the second call and anyone else who comes along. Uh, the the phone number, by the way, um, for uh, if you'd like to talk to Laura and ask her a question um, and uh, and and all that good stuff, is six four six two hundred three nine six six. If you'd like to talk to Laura here at uh, Snake Oil Radio, you can call us at six four six two hundred three nine six six. And, um, you know, I'll take the calls in order as they come in, and uh, we'll go from there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears a little bit and take our first caller. 
since he or she has been waiting a while. And let me make sure I do this correctly. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay, 818, you're on the air. Hello? Oh, hello. I'm so enjoying listening. I didn't even, you know, want to bother you. I'm enjoying the interview so much. You're, and you're, um, you're not even, and you're not bothering. So, you know what I mean? I, one of, I'd love to say this, and, and here's my big pushy mouth coming in. You guys would be amazed at, callers will ask a question or make a comment, and then a lot of times later on I'll hear, oh, it was so great that so-and-so said that. That's what I was thinking. So you're never a bother. So just know that. You know what I mean? There's always a reason you, you got on the, the, the line there. So, okay, that said, <laughs> what's on your mind? What's okay. your name, by the way? Diane. I'm from Los Angeles. And it's a, it's 73 here right now, and I happen to be walking around the lake listening to you, Laura. It's quite an it's you're you're quite uh, um, you've had quite the life. Oh, Probably. Well, it's great, to, it's great to meet you. I'm a California girl myself. Oh, very cool. So you missed the, all right. You don't miss anything. We're exactly where we're supposed to be at all times, I believe. <laughs> Do you, but I'm wondering. Can I ask you a romance question about love coming to me possibly soon? Please. Yes. Please do. Oh, are we chopping in and out? Oh, are you there, dear? (laughs) I am. I'm sorry. You cut out. I'm so sorry. Are you calling from a cell phone? I am. Yeah, that's that what happens. Give it a shot anyway. Sometimes that will happen with cell phones. That's one of the reasons I, I usually suggest people you might want to call from a landline when you call them. But right. if you don't have a landline, you know that that's becoming well, a, a your thing now. So <laughs> anyway, so fire away. If we lose you, we'll we'll pick you back up. Okay. So I'm sorry, Laura. Did you ask me a question? No. Go ahead with your question. I would love to see if if you could talk about love, and and see if there's any kind of romance. In my near future. Well, Jim, you might you might be be better to answer the uh, the the future type question, but but in terms of uh, in terms of my uh, part of it, I would say to you that um, if it's love you're looking for, um, I really encourage you to to look at your own story and reflect upon how you hold the energy of love. Um, in this way, you'll remove any blocks to attracting to you uh, your true love, your soulmate, and um, take the time to take care of yourself. Uh, the year before I met my husband, um, I spent one entire year just really purifying myself. I spent, I went on a boy diet, I call it. So I, I didn't go out with with anybody except my girlfriends. I um, I rode my bike like 15 miles a day. I um, I ate great healthy food. I read spiritual books. I meditated. I prayed. I kept myself in a in a in a in a real cleansing sort of a bubble. And uh, the night that I met my husband, I knew it was him right away. Um, and it was just about one year um, to the night that I met him. And uh, I, I I looked at him. I saw him. I knew immediately that that he was my husband. And uh, I really attribute. Going on that cleanse um, and uh, purifying myself, readying myself for true love. Does that help? You know, I, I it's funny because I mirror exactly what you said, 
and I've been doing it probably over a year. Well, six months I broke up with my last relationship, but I do six miles a day. I'm always healthy. I My meditation is when I'm outdoors like I am now, and also listening to blog talk and, and learning from different guests that are on. And you're right, so maybe I'm ready. And I guess I'll know when it happens. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you, just keep it. you know what? I if if you impression-wise, what I'm kind of getting is I see um, I see two things in the in the in 2011. I see um, it feels to me, one, I have to definitely say that it has to do with you being outside and also meeting somebody active. So it isn't like a bar or anything like that. So I feel you meet, you're meeting that way. So I, I, I really keep say keep on track with the outside activities and the things that you're doing. You're, you're absolutely in the right space. But the other thing I'm getting is I'm kind of feeling like you, you need to flirt first that you've just got to get comfortable with the flirt energy. That they, It feels to me like if someone will come along that you will flirt with, I don't think that that will be the right person, but it could be. But then after that, we'll follow with someone that you connect with. So that's my intuitive uh, two cents thrown in. I love this. I'm so happy, and I appreciate it, because you're right, I don't drink at all so far. Yeah, that's not, not for you. It, you. You don't have to yeah. go. I keep hearing you guys keep saying this to me. You don't have to go beyond... Um, what your normal hangout is and your comforts are, because uh, it's it's really about outside. I cannot stress enough. So you're exercising, you're doing something, you're walking. It feels to me like that's where it is. But what they I, what they keep saying is, be really flirtatious and be okay with that. Okay. You got to get you got you know what you know. It's funny astrologically, the romance is in the same house astrologically as a house of risk taking and gambling. <laughs> oh. And I always tell people that you do realize that you you have because you, know, you could flirt with someone and they could reject you, and then you're like, oh my god, I'm too fat, I'm too tall, I'm too yeah. old, yeah. I'm too. And meanwhile, they're married or they're gay or they're you know what I mean. It had nothing to do with that, and they go home thinking, wow, a really hot woman was flirting with me today. Now I'm happy. Uh, so don't flirting is fun, and, and when you do that and you get into that romance and that play, you you're really likely to draw that to you in that sense. So Great, that's what I'm, I'm kind of feeling. I love it with the Scorpio moon. I could do that. So that's a good thing. You have a thing. Scorpio and moon? I, I, yeah, I have a Scorpio moon. So I you, could serve. And you can use that power. Yes, exactly. And I you, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And may I continue to listen to the great show? Absolutely. We hope you do. And go, go forth and flirt. <laughs> go forth and flirt, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for calling Bye. in, Diane. Hi, Diane. Hi, Laura. Right. <laughs> I'm going to leave you on. Um, I'm just going to hang you up here, but you can still listen. Okay. So let's take our next caller. Thanks again for calling in, Diane. I hope I didn't hang up on you. I think you're still listening. So, and if, if I did, then 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 call back, call back in. Although. Okay. So anyway, let me. Uh, I'm a little retarded <laughs> sometimes in operating some of these things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the next caller in. Oh wait a second, that's the wrong thing. Okay. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. Here we go. All right. Six two zero. You are on the air here on Snake Oil Radio. Hello. Hi Jim. This is Jen Amethyst. I couldn't be at home and on the computer in your chat room, so I'm listening to the show. It's really great. 
But if you could oh, just cool. put me I, back you know on I, I, I would, you know, now, now, here's a here's a a shameless plug for myself in that sense. I was wondering where you were. <laughs> I'm like, where's Ken today? So, and you know, don't don't ever don't ever if you if you miss shows, don't ever think I'm I'm annoyed about it. It just you know you get used to someone and you're like, hey, where's Ken? She's she's usually here with her comments, uh, inspiring everybody in the chat room. So, uh, thanks for calling in. Well, I'm Great. still uh, here. I, good. I, I you know I, I actually I, I think that um, uh, I have a very strong feeling that you, you do need to talk to Laura for a couple of minutes today, so I want you to do that. So I'm going to shut my mouth for once in my life and let you guys talk. Ooh. All right. Let's talk. How are you today? I, I'm i doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I, I, like I said, I'm not at home to be in the chat room, so I wanted to call in and listen to the show today. How oh. wonderful. I, I and, and your story is just amazing. Oh. Well, we all have our stories, don't we? Yes, yes, and I and I could, you know, um, could understand some of the things you you had gone through because I had in the past too. So, uh, as far as yeah. the being in the abusive relationships and at home, not you know, not in the same, you know, situations, but it was still you know abuse. Sure. So, and have you done uh, your forgiveness work? Every day. Every yeah. day. Good for you. And every night I, I, you know, surround everybody that I know, family, friends, even the ones that I've had difficulties with, you know, ex-husband, you know, et cetera. You know, everybody gets the same thing. So, yeah, wonderful. Good for you. And I hear little ones in the back. Yes, I, yes, that's my three-year-old. <laughs> oh. So... Well, I'm sure you're a great mom. It's a it's a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. And, and Jim, if you could just put me back on mute, I'd love to listen to the rest of the show. Thank you. Okay, sure. I um yeah, I think I, that's the thing is I don't know how to do that. I think I I might hang up on you if I do. Then call back. Well, it, just only, just I only click have one on the little. What's that? Oh, click back I on the little know. microphone button. <laughs> oh, that's all. Bingo! I got it. Okay. Oh, there. See, live and loin. Jim, it's also high tech. Here I am trying to um, go on to the uh, chat room, and I'm not having any luck with that either. <laughs> that's your, yeah, you know what? It's actually really easy, but I, you know what I mean? I think that um, we all have these, I always laugh, I always say we all have these areas where we're, um, uh, we're, we're like, um, I, and I hate to use the word, cause I, you know, but retarded in the sense. Yeah. Like I'm, when it comes to fixing stuff, I just don't do that. You know, and other people yeah. will come in and like I, I bought a doorbell for my front door, and it sat <laughs> in the box for about eight months before I can coax um, someone to actually put it up for me. <laughs> and then you know what I mean? Because even trying to open the battery case made my head want to explode. You know, I know what I mean? So we, and then and then people will say to me because I, I do I counsel people and I and it's nothing for me to to open someone up and look inside them. Nothing. Sure. And people will yeah. say, "Oh my God, that's horrible! I could never do that." I said, "Oh, I love doing that. That's easy." So. Yeah. We all have our areas. Um, yes, we do. Well, and and here's a and and thanks both to call us and I apologize for hanging up on on Diane by the way too. I'm sure she forgives me. She sounds like a really really nice person and yeah. uh, walking around outside of warm LA. So now I, now I learned something today. So that's a value. 
I learned more than uh, I learned a number of things today. So I'm going to throw the the phone number back if anyone else wants to uh, call in. Otherwise, I'm going to continue. Um, uh, with our interview here. If you'd like to ask Laura a question or you have a comment, uh, please feel free to call in at 646-200-3966. We still have about another 25 minutes on air so we can get in uh, any comments or questions if you do. Otherwise, I'm going to continue on with the interview here. Okay, so one of the things I want to ask you, Laura, this is, you know, this is an eternal question that, that I, I won't say I've struggled with, but I've always wondered why, and, and I just want your thoughts on this. People can go through different levels of abuse, and one person can um, can uh, you know completely uh, forgive, and another person can't seem to do it. What do you think the dividing line is there with that? In mm. that sense, what I mean, what 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 do you think the trigger is that why one person? Because one of the things that I you know I always tell people, if you go to prisons, you will often find um, a, a, a large collection of men and women who are um, who have been abused, mm-hmm. but they were abused and then decided to strike out against society or other people in that sense, and then you find many of the rest of us who were abused and we've learned how to forgive or we sucked it up in that sense, you know what I mean, and just kind of moved right. on and decided to be a good person. So that's my big eternal question. What do you think the trigger is in that sense why one person will turn one direction and one will turn the other? Well, I think that it's a matter of um, of evolution of, uh, of our soul, and I think it's a matter of choice. I think that, um, in fact, I know that I came into this lifetime uh, choosing to experience these things. And that very knowledge has uh, assisted me greatly in uh, in taking back my power and, and doing something useful with what I chose to learn. Um, I think that um, I have lived many lifetimes where I was not as skillful with the energy of forgiveness. Um, and I and and I and I may have responded completely differently to these types of things, um, but that's that's my my feeling on it as a, as a believer in reincarnation and the continuum uh, of our of our soul's journey. Um, I think that it has everything to do with with what we chose and whether or not we're ready to be um, kind of way showers in, in our lives and. You know, we don't have to write a book or or be on a radio show to be a way shower. Right. Um, you know, all 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 we need to do is be breathing. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, that, that's a that's a great point because I think people will say, oh, it's great, you you write books, you help people in this way. You know what? If you go through something difficult in your life and you forgive someone and and develop a a perception of it, and you have and you teach your child that, or you have a <laughs> conversation with someone in a bar one day and, and talk about this, you've changed lives. Yeah. So some of us do it in a small way, some of us do it in a huge way, and one way isn't better than another way. So no. I, I agree with that completely. I think that that's all of value to really, really look at it at it from that angle that, you know, um, and, and I'm in complete agreement with you about the reincarnational perspective. Um, I always tell people, in fact, I, I mentioned this in, in, in one of my books too about when I was a little kid, I remembered living other times and places. I thought everybody did that. Yes. I didn't know that other people didn't do that. Um, that was, you know, 
I thought that was normal until yeah. I opened my mouth, of course, and I was ridiculed <laughs> for that yeah. as well, too. But, you know, in, in relation to you know what you're saying, too, about the karmic element, you know, I, I absolutely agree. I think that, the you know, the older the soul is, you're more often able to, to view things from multiple angles and slants. And I absolutely agree that we, you know, we, we often um, we have karma to pay back. I mean, not necessarily in a negative sense, um, but, you know, it, it's a balancing in that respect. Uh, again, and if we go through difficulty, pay back a karmic debt, I like to call them, I like to call it burning ribbons. Yeah. We burn through something and balance the karma. But there's always a, you know, there's always a positive side to it in a way that's hard to perceive. One of the, one of the things that many, many years ago I went to a very famous channeler. I won't mention the name of the person and everything, and I had asked about why I had decided to become a, a counselor in this life and fix people. And the channeler said to me, you're paying off the, uh, a karmic debt of mindfuck. Ah. And the light bulb that went on, I can't even possibly tell you, was so, well, um, I, I know that. When I was a kid, I was, it was very easy for me to manipulate people if I wanted to. In fact, my little sister used to call me the puppet master. Really? Because I would, what's that? I said really. Yeah, and and I remember that, and I remember when I was getting older that I thought when I was like fifteen or sixteen or seventeen, I thought I'm either going to turn this ability into something good or I'm going to be bad, in that sense. And that was the road that I chose to uh, take a good road. I mean, there's a couple people walking around who probably think I'm not so good, <laughs> but for the most part, I, you know, I decided to take that road. But the thing is, and this is an interesting part about the karma question is. I don't perceive doing the work that I'm doing as any type of punishment. I see it as a joy. It's what I came here to do in that sense. And even the same exact thing that you said, I went through one of the most abusive relationships of my life with my quote-unquote soulmate nine years ago. And when I first uh, met him, I remember that what came to me mentally was that this would be the love of my life who would uh, uh, emotionally abuse me and then leave me. And I knew it immediately. But, and then I thought, I know that at some level, but I don't want to miss it either in some right. respects. And so I had the experience, and then, it, of course, it, it became what it was in that sense. But it was a, a payment of a debt. And, you know, it took a long time to forgive that individual. It took me, it took me almost a year, which is a lot for me to hold a grudge because it was very, very painful. But um, it was the most freeing thing imaginable. I mean, I always say it's weird when you deal with an abuser because I still love my abusers in the sense that I, you know, I can't not love them as people in that sense. And they, there was always some brightness connected with them, even in the dark spaces in that sense. Right. But you don't have to be around them, and I won't be hang out with them, and I'm not going to put myself around that again, Right. you know. And then I always, well, the other joke I always say, and when anyone who's listened to before has heard me say, especially when it comes to relationships, intimate relationships, I always say all exes get hit with the ugly stick anyway. <laughs> Meaning that <laughs> later on, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have an ex abuse you or leave you, or, and then later on you look at him and you're like, eh, not so attractive. You know, not so, not so interesting anymore. In other words, I think that when you burn clean through those experiences, you're no longer drawn into it anymore. You're not right. physically attracted. You're not pulled. You know what I mean? That's over. So, yeah. okay, anyway, that's my thoughts on it. But I, I don't want to keep babbling away here. I want to take this next caller. 
and then I want to let you talk uh, some more since we've got some time. Well, we got another caller here, too. Make sure I get this right now, too. Looks like we got 617, so let me give this a shot. Uh, 617, you're on the air? Yes. Hello. How are you? Hello. Good. What's your I'm name? I'm fine. How are you? Good. And what's your name? This is Vicky. Vicky. Thanks for calling in, Vicki. Do you uh, have a question or a comment for Laura? Well, I was just wondering, um, actually, uh, I don't know if this is appropriate to ask, um, but um, I'm basically, like, I have some some of a block that occurs every time I want to aspire to achieve a success or do something that I know will lead into something positive. You know, it's as if like is there's like a a block, a spiritual block that prevents me from you know like getting up and just doing certain things, and it's just really difficult for me to overcome it and then start doing you know what I'm supposed to. It's just with me every day. So I was just wondering, you know, is there anything that you might suggest that could help? Great, I think it's a great question. I want Laura to take this. So that's a great question, by the way. Yeah, thanks. I think at the core of, of what you're asking has to do with uh, self um, when we when we have blocks to loving ourselves completely and fully, um, then those those blocks really spread out throughout the rest of our lives, and they and they block prosperity, and they they block loving relationships. Um, it, it 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 blocks peace. Grace, it, it blocks all these great energies that we want to let in. So I would ask you, what are, what are you doing uh, for yourself to connect more fully with who you truly are? What do I need to connect with myself? Yeah, is is your volume turned okay. up on your are you yeah, yeah. You might want to turn the volume down. It's uh, there's a lot of static in the background. It's making it hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah, just folks. Whenever you call in, you actually want to turn the volume down on your computer for the show, because otherwise there's a feedback. <laughs> okay. Or are you just in? Are you like in a place where there's a lot of people, or it's a little cuckoo right now? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just muting when I'm not talking. Okay, that's, we'll, we'll, we'll bear through then, because I hear I hear people in the background as well too. It sounds like um, sounds like a lot of activity. Yeah. So were you yeah, able sorry to hear about No problem. Were you able to hear what I said? Yes, I think you, you asked what I'm doing to uh, connect myself. Um, I try and do yoga sometimes, and um, and then exercise. Even those activities are sometimes hard for me to do. You know, like, I just, uh, it's just procrastinate, 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 and it's just, you know, it's exactly with that. Like, it blocks all of those things that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so, you know, I mean, first off, um, and then, of course, I'd love to hear Jim's, uh, Jim's take on it, but I, I would suggest you first to adopt some some very loving rituals, um, starting your day off 
with uh, getting up earlier so that you have time to honor yourself and connect with your true self um, in silence, in quiet. Um, we, if we're talking all the time and if we're if we're constantly in activity, we we can't hear. We need we need to get in the habit of listening so that we can hear our spirit guides, so that we can so that we can connect with our true self and, and hear the messages that are trying to come through to assist us. And uh, I, would, I would really encourage you to, to cultivate some very loving practices, which included uh, getting up earlier in the morning, light that candle, pour yourself that lovely cup of tea or coffee, take the time that you need to uh, read a spiritual uh, passage, journal a little bit, sit quietly, and, and really connect with your true self, um, connect with the power of your intention. Uh, intention is magic. And when you, when you connect with your intention, you'll be able to make things happen in your life. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it does make sense. So I guess, you know, um, thank you. I think this is a very practical advice, which is what I'm looking for. So just kind of like me. To, to you know, to get over it. So we up in the morning early, you know, light a candle, which I think might work because it's warmth and um, you know, it's very calming. And uh, or read spiritual. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I'll try that. That's a. Wow. Those are some great suggestions. Um, I'm going to throw my two cents in too. Okay. Because uh, this came through real strong. Um, Vicky, she, absolutely. You, you, uh, Laura's got the right, right, right answer here with with these uh, rituals because I feel like you have to change out of your old way. What I'm getting very, very strongly is I keep hearing um, that two things. I keep hearing um, one, uh, you have to you have to practice getting small successes. You've got a a fear of success at some level and a sense of self-worth issue that I see also. So what I, what I want you to do, and I'm going to suggest, is practice small little things to be good at, to be successful. You have to, you have to work your way up to this in that sense. So, I mean, it could be like the littlest thing in the world to be successful. In other words, say you go somewhere and there's a really, really cute guy at work, assuming you're single. I'm just using this as an analogy point, okay? And you would never speak to someone that good-looking or that successful. And you go over and you say hello and you introduce yourself. Huge thing. And then, you know what I mean, you have two minutes of conversation and you walk away. Or, you know, or in a, again, or you, or you do something um, that you wouldn't normally do. Little things to begin a slow-building path of success. Will is what I feel will work for you. You have to get comfortable with the concept and rework your structure. So I even got a um, uh, like a mantra for you, and this is only a temporary mantra because you'll eventually change this. But your mantra is like your um, mantra, like you know something to say is it's okay for me to be successful. You got it. Okay. Yep. I got it. In all areas. Because, like, yeah, it's like I have these two interviews coming up from this excellent school. And because right. of my experience with the school I'm in, you know, it's so much politics and I've been disillusioned. I just kind of have lost faith in the in the, in the the outcome of the hard work. And like now, for some reason, temporarily, I'm just thinking in, in, in my unconsciousness that it's all about politics and just, you know, um, 
whatever. So so I just don't believe I'm going to get these jobs. I feel like, right. oh, they're just interviewing me because they have these relationships with the, with a the dean and they want to be nice and they really don't care about me. And that's just the wrong thing to think, but I just can't get over it. You know? So, yeah, hopefully this will help. Yeah, that that's at the core of it. See, that, that's a, it's a belief. And it's not inaccurate, but it's a belief and it's at the core. So what you want to also do is another focus that you can definitely take would also to be is realize that you're start perceiving yourself as valuable, more like whoever gets me to work here is going to luck out. You know what I mean? Almost a little, a little bit of healthy arrogance here in that sense because you're right, you have to deal with a game that's going on. But you can win the game too. And more importantly, anyone who would get you to work for them would be winning. And when that perception is clear in your psyche, you'll never have a problem finding work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Never. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you very much. Vicky, yes. thanks for calling in. Bye, Vicky. Be well. Okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, this is something um, that that's real, real common for people. These very, very core. Because she's absolutely right. I'm sure she's dealing with theatrics and politics and BS and all of those things. But we have to, you know, especially in this time, you know, in this day and age when, you know, we're going through what I like to affectionately call the mini depression that no one wants to call a depression. Right. Um, In that sense, you've got to really, really change gears to be successful in this time. But you absolutely can in that sense. So. It's just a matter of, of again, of, of, re, of reshifting that focus. And, again, I think for Vicky, it's about small successes, practicing right. them almost on a daily basis in that sense until she gets comfortable with the whole concept of it, not, not reaching beyond. You know, sometimes what we'll try to do is it's like I'm sure Laura will, will get this entirely. Like when you, when you begin to write a book, if you plan on writing a book, I'm going to write a great novel, good luck. Yeah. It's too big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of times you just have to kind of start small. You scratch out a couple of essays, you throw some notes, you write a little, you write a few things for a couple of days, and then a book starts to form. How do you right. feel about that, Laura? Yeah, I'm going to write a really good sentence. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, Today's a good and sentence, right. And and that's the whole premise behind uh what I was saying earlier about it's, it's not even a daily practice, it's a moment-by-moment practice. And when you, when you bring it down into, into those terms, um, it's, it's, it's easier to, um, for instance, if we say, all right, in 2011, I am not going to be angry. That's just huge. You know, by yeah. one, one hour into the year, you've already screwed that one up. Um, yeah. But, if we if we pare it down and say you know uh, I'm I am going to be very present in this moment I'm doing pretty good right now I'm not angry <laughs> when we're right. mindful and aware of each moment then it's easier to be able to acknowledge and celebrate wow I I I, I really uh, I'm doing good remaining in the present moment and and taking care of my emotions better absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a, again, it's a great point because it, you know, I mean, I always think that I, I go to a, I go to a gym about three or four times a week, and January, February, the gym is packed with what I call the New Year's resolution workouts. That's right. 
And I, I always laugh because I know by March, you know, they're done. You know, three quarters are done and out. But it's that I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to – nah. You know what I mean? You know, do ten minutes of exercise for um, uh, twice a week if you're just starting. And then what right. will happen is you eventually kind of get addicted to it where it becomes appealing. And, you, you know what I mean, you would start to challenge yourself. But these little successes built – you know, they really, really build in that sense. And, and, and you put that well, too, about the whole thing with the sentence. You, you write a sentence, and then you push it to a paragraph. And, you know, the first book I did was, was I had no intention of writing a book. I wrote about five essays, and then I was looking at them, and I realized that I was forming a book. Mm, yeah. And that was a much easier road to take in, in putting that book together. Uh, that's why I was able to do it. Um, but people, they do that. They put out... They overreach, excessive striving. You know, go beyond where you're ready in that sense, and you know that that can be um, like a form of self sabotage. Yes. You know. I totally agree. <laughs> Absolutely, these things are, and they really are. They're really, really core beliefs. You know, I'm actually I, the other day I, I was thinking about how I was irritated with the fact that I wasn't reaching enough people with my work. And I found myself mentally ranting about, oh, you know, people will, you know, they'll, they'll go, they'll, they'll get a daily tweet from Chelsea Handler's dog, um, that Chelsea Handler's dog has a million followers. Where, you know what I mean? <laughs> I've got twelve, or you know what I mean? I was ranting about yeah. how stupid people are and how people want dumb things and they don't want to evolve stuff. And the light bulb went off in my head, and I thought to myself, this is a core belief that you have, right? That. People are this way, they don't want to learn, they don't want to grow, they want to look at dumb things. So, of course, that's what you manifest in that sense. So, you know, it's one thing I'd tell all our listeners, you know, today to, to realize, like I said, everything that you, you have at some part of you is creating. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a, a worthy endeavor to tune into that and realize that if you're creating it, in 99% of the time you also can change it. If you're the artist, you can you can change the paint, you can change the landscape. You have the ability to do that. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on that, Laura? I completely agree. Our, our thoughts our thoughts are things. Our, our thoughts are creating our 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 present and our future. Um, everything we think about is it, it's energy. And I think when we get um, uh, more adept at realizing that everything is energy, you are energy, I am energy, our thoughts are energy. Uh, money is energy. Everything is energy, and we're either um, bringing the good energy toward us, or we are pushing it away. Um, and we really need to wrap our minds around our our intention to to bring the good energy uh, toward us, and 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 to share good energy. To be the person who who radiates that good energy. I want everyone who comes in contact with me to feel better. Um, after they've been with me, you know, whether it's a grocery store clerk or my daughter or, you know, a friend. I, you know, we have to wrap our minds around this, that we, we are conduits of energy. Do we want people to feel better or worse in our presence? Right. That, that's, a, that's a great thought. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you do that. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, you know, a lot of people uh, respond to you that way in that sense because you're absolutely right. And it doesn't mean that you – you you aren't some days going to be a little sad or a little depressed or feel anger move through or any of those other things too. Um, right. You you feel that and you move it through. Right. In that sense, 
It, it doesn't have to stay with you. I always laugh because I, I, I've said this before. One of my jokes is whenever I'm, if I, if I, if I go through a major depression, um, where, and when I call a major depression, that could be like hours or a day where I'm miserable, once in a blue moon. Um, what always gets me out of these depressions is I always think, um, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of this, Laura. I always like, like I'll be watching Lifetime television and eating Haagen-Dazs ice cream and cuddled <laughs> up on the couch with just Jim and his cat because no one loves me. And, I'm, and, and I, I've done this a couple of times in my life. And I always sort of like, there's a part of me that rises above and I look down at me and then I start to applaud the performance. <laughs> the poor Jim performance. Oh, poor Jim. He suffered so much. He has it so difficult. He, you know what I mean? And I start to laugh, and I'm like, okay, that's done. <laughs> that's, that's enough of that in that sense, too. Maybe I'm just maybe it's a Sagittarian thing. I don't know. But, I mean, it always, I always get – being depressed bores me yeah. after a while. There's too many fun things that you could do. You know what I mean? So, you know, on to the next thing in that sense. Um, while honoring, you know, your your feelings as you move through something. Um, right. Maybe it's a gift of being a fire sign that we get bored, you know, and just have to run on to the next thing in that sense. So it helps. Well, I think it's great that you have you have such a sense of humor around it all. And I, I, I guess the one emotion that probably uh, is such a great stumbling block for people is anger. And I... Uh, my big thing around uh, around my family is that I won't speak when I'm angry. And so if I put up my hand as if to say, don't talk to me, don't engage me, I've, I have encouraged my daughter to understand that this is an act of love because I'm Irish, yes. so don't right. talk to me right now. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Right, exactly. That's Mommy's not in the mood. Yes, this is an act of love. You don't want right. to hear my words. They would not be pretty. <laughs> Exactly. It's like it's like, hey, listen, kid. I absolutely love it, but get lost. You're bothering me right yeah. now. In that sense, too. I mean, there's there's a healthiness to that, and so, yeah. so sounds like you you know what you're talking about about that because you're absolutely right. Sometimes you're just not you're just not in the right space in that sense. Right. And and the best thing you can do is remove yourself in that yeah. sense. Children are a little tough though because they're very sensitive. You know what I mean? You have to remind them later and say, hey, listen, hey, you know, when mommy's miserable and she puts her hand up, I never stop loving you. I just That's can't right. deal with anyone right now, so go away. She's, <laughs> you know? she's 15 now, so she gets it. <laughs> oh, she's 15? Yeah, she's probably all irritated with you anyway, too. She's 15. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. That's the thing. Um Okay, we got just a couple more minutes here. So, Laura, I'd like you to um, uh, just get, tell people about where they can get your books, CDs, uh, how they can get hold of you, and um, give them that info. Because I'm sure there's a lot yeah, of people that are interested. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me on. You're you're really awesome. And uh, my website is www.lauralesterfournier.com. And F O U R N I E R books and CDs are there. You can sign up for my uh, daily inspirational message. That's free. Please do that. You can find out about my Soul to Soul project with my daughter and all kinds of other happenings with retreats and and whatnot. And uh, and I'd love to hear from you. My all my contact information is on my website. Um, call me, uh, text me, uh, <laughs> email me. Smoke signals fine, and I'd love to hear from you. Awesome, awesome Yeah, absolutely I, I encourage everyone to check out Laura's work I mean, the forgiveness topic um, is uh, is an awesome one And I highly recommend it 
it, it is so valuable at it, it levels that are just layer upon layer of levels of, of uh, value and, and, and that type of thing in, in forgiveness. Also, self-forgiveness as well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, looks like we're, uh, we're winding down here. So I absolutely want to thank you, Laura, for being here today. It was a pleasure. This hour flew by. Uh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that was an hour. I also really want to thank all of the callers. Everything you guys said uh, really was helpful, really valuable, and I always appreciate you know any comments and questions that anyone has in the chat room as well as, as call-ins. So, again, thank you all for, for tuning in. Looks like we're getting ready to sign out here. So, um, uh, again, uh, folks, check out Laura's uh, material on her website and uh, look at what she's got going on there. I will be back on here again next week. Again, I'm, I'm every Thursday, 45-minute show. I extend the shows to an hour when I do guest shows. But um, So if you've got personal questions and if you want to talk, next time is the time to do it, okay? Again, thanks, everyone, for tuning into Snake Oil Radio. And this is Jim Ventura. And, again, thank you, Laura. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thanks, Jim. All right. Looks like we are finished. You still there? Yes, I am. Jim, you're awesome. I so enjoyed our hour. I could just talk with you all day. <laughs> thank you. You're so, yeah, you know what? I, I, I always call it um, I call it the um, the old soul thing. You always recognize other older souls. So there's a familiarity and an ease that is very um, natural. So I've, I've, I've noticed that with a number of the, uh, uh, some of the guests I've interviewed and, and certain people in that sense. And uh, you clearly have that. And uh, so it was very, very easy to talk to you, and you really, really made a great interview, by the way. Thank you, Jim. It really was. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I do quite a few, and, um, you know, some you, some you know you'll remember, and I'll definitely remember being with you. And I, and I would love to have you on my show uh, would you be interested in doing that? Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Contact me. Um, contact me by um, by email in the next month or two. How often do you broadcast? Um, I broadcast once a month, the second Sunday um, of every month um, at six in the evening Eastern on fifteen ten AM Revolution Boston, which is a station there in the Back Bay of Boston, and it. It broadcasts all over New England and up into Nova Scotia. And then, of course, oh, cool. um, it also streams internationally, of course, on, on the Internet. Um, but uh, it's it's a cool station, and I would love to have you on. I'm prob- probably looking at um, uh, springtime, I think, maybe March. Uh, yeah, March, that's April. fine. I- yeah. Yeah, I you know what? I, my schedule is a lot freer now anyway. I was working the last two years I was working a part-time job in a restaurant bartending and waiting tables to supplement income when the economy took a downturn in um late 2007 early 2008, but that job has just ended. So that was one of the blocks that I had as I was there on the weekends and um it, you know it, it took out quite a bit of energy, but the job came to an end. The uh, restaurant closed down. So um, at this point in the game, I'm riding on just my – I've got enough clients and I've got enough basic income coming in that I'm fine. So, again, my schedule is more free, and I'm actually opening up now to doing more interviews and and things as well, too, to reach an audience as well, too, because, you know – Everyone, you know, I always, you know, one of the things that I always do, of course, and why I started doing the radio show is, you know, I'm a networker. I think that – you know, I'll have clients that will come see me. I do. I see clients, uh, some clients on a regular basis, like they'll come every three months for a session. And 
they'll say, oh, I went and talked to so-and-so, and I talked to so-and-so. And when they're, when they're new to me, they'll kind of look a little nervously, like, oh, I went to another reader or I went to another person. I hope you're okay with that. I'm always like, what, are you kidding me? Go get multiple points of views. Go get multiple angles of approach. I have no issue with that. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a beautiful thing to, to network in that way. I don't, you know, I don't have those issues about blocking that, you know. I right. think um, there's, there's value. And everyone has different techniques and skills and, and abilities. And, you know, I encourage people to take a multi-pronged approach to healing, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, but, yeah, so you can see, again, I, I, I use a bit of humor when I, when I do shows, and I do that with my counseling work as well, too. I think it, it helps people relax a bit. And, um, you know, even, again, the whole snake oil thing, is that's where that came from. You think yeah, we're all snake oil salesmen anyway, so I'm just going to run with it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I use a lot of humor. Humor is um, yeah. really important. Really important. Huge, absolutely. Hey, what's so, your, so what's your email? It is uh, Ventura, just like uh, Ventura, California. S is in Sam, A is in Apple, G is in Guy at Yahoo.com. That's probably the best one to hit me at. It's Ventura Sag. Ventura Sag. I'm a cancer, so I'm very sensitive, you know. Yes. Uh, well, you know, water signs make very good intuits um, for that reason. I don't have a lot of water in my chart. I only have um, I have Venus in Scorpio and Neptune in Scorpio. That's the only water I have. Um, yeah. So I can be a bit callous. I think... Um, that's one of the things that waters have is they they're nicer than I am. <laughs> I'm I'm not so nice. Sometimes people can sometimes get offended, but later on they're like, "Oh, I get why you talk to me that way." I'm like, "Yes." You know what I mean? I'm not doing it to be mean. It's just my there's an abruptness. But I have a Libra moon, so it keeps me reasonably balanced. I'm not a complete maniac. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're not a maniac at all. No, no. It's just uh, you know, if if in person I'm I'm like this, I'm like this 200 pound, 5 foot 10, bald, shaved headed, thick muscular guy. So it it scares people a little bit <laughs> when they meet me. They're like, "Oh my god, and I'm from New York, so I have that bruiser type of disposition about me." But meanwhile, I haven't I haven't hurt a, I haven't even attempted to hurt a human being since I'm 16. Just not so not for me, you know. I right. Have a, I have, the, I have the power of the mouth anyway, too. That takes care of everything. Well, I that. heard that uh, when you said Long Island, I did hear that East Coast come yeah. through. It's squeezed <laughs> out, right? Yeah, it's been 20 years, but believe me, I was there for I was there for 25. So, you know, it's a big, thick part of my blood. So, Your, your family's back there, Jim? Yeah, I have uh, a couple of siblings, um that are uh, still on the island, and then my mother actually is in the Carolinas, and, and then I have a little sister that's here in Phoenix with me, more or less, and and then I have a brother in L.A. So we, you know, we're all over the place, but by and large, um, still about half the family is still back in New York. So I go yeah. back about every two years or so. Yeah. So that's I've got a friend that lives in New Hampshire. What's that? Oh, dude, I love New Hampshire. Yeah. One of my childhood friends who I grew up with is in New Hampshire. I think it's Dover, near the Dover area. You're kidding. Well, see, I'm in Rollinsford. I have a farm in Rollinsford, which is our town where we do all of our shopping and everything, which is only about three miles away, is Dover. 
Yeah, I thought so. It was real, you know, that was real familiar to me in that sense. My friend Pam, who we were childhood friends, uh, she's a she's a psych, she's a psychiatrist, psychologist, and she's married and has three kids. And I just saw her about a year ago. She came out to Phoenix. I hadn't seen her in like fifteen years, and she yeah. came to visit. And I was thrilled to see her. It was so, you know, you see a childhood friend that you grew up with, and um, you know, it was it was great. Even though she's really. Um, very conservative now, really kind yeah. of hardcore conservative, which makes me laugh, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm not a conservative, I'm not a liberal, I'm a total moderate in that sense. I'm probably lean a little yeah. bit more liberal than I would necessarily conservative, but I'm definitely a moderate. So it's always funny to me to see someone who's so, you know, radically, um, you know, very conservative and very, you know, uh, she just was a character. She made me laugh. Uh, oh, that's great. But, you know, it's funny because I'm sure you probably get this too. When I get around psychiatrists and psychologists, sometimes they get nervous. Um, I get an interesting response from them sometimes. You, some of them would just love it and they feel really comfortable. And sometimes I think they get a little uncomfortable because I'm doing sort of counseling therapy work and I didn't do what they had to do to do it. Right. But I'm always like, right. I just I went to school. I just went to a different school. I went to life school. Right. It's a different yeah, school. Yeah, I, I feel, uh, you know, it's the same same thing with what I do because I my my counseling and it's it's spiritual and it's intuitive and you know that's that's just just where it's at and and uh, I think that people benefit greatly from that um, kind of I'm sure from your kind of shoot from the hip style where they know they can rely on uh, on you for a uh, truthful answer, you know? Yeah, you know, they do. I mean, I tell people, you know, even when it comes to psychic prediction, I don't do a lot of it. Um, I get feelings about things. I always tell them these are directional arrows that are like, likely and probable. It doesn't mean that's going to happen, you know, yeah. uh, necessarily. And I always tell people that because a lot of that can be a way of avoiding the responsibility of their own reality creation. That's right, free will. And I won't play that. You know what I mean? You're still, you know, you're still in charge of your own experience. And if an opportunity comes along and you turn it away because you're fearful, then that's your own decision. Or, you know, I mean, I, I try to remind people that, but people sometimes can get caught a little bit in the they, you know, they. I I kind of call them psychic junkies. I know. You know. I know. I I used to do uh, I used to do readings for, um, you know, tarot and. Right. All that kind of stuff for us. And people, gosh, it was paid laid, paid laid, paid laid. Right. <laughs> and then they come back the next month and paid laid. You know, it just, uh, you, I did see, I definitely saw addiction with that. Yeah. People Absolutely. get really hungry. Yeah. What's that? People get really hungry and desperate, and it almost seems like sometimes the more information they get, the more desperate they get. Yeah, sometimes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, like, when it comes to the regular clients that I work with, I, this cat, my cat is just following me around like a dog. I mean, okay, leave me alone for a minute. Um, but um, she, but uh, people get, um, I think people can get too hooked on it. You know, I know with for me, with my regulars, the people that I see, like, again, I, I have a regular client program where I see people every three months. You know, coming to see a session like this anyway, they need to digest it. You know what I mean? I don't need to see somebody right. necessarily weekly. 
Um, so I've got a few monthlies that will come, but but I always kind of tell people again, you know, the brunt of the sessions that I do now, a lot of times, uh, in many cases, I won't even necessarily even use an oracle. I'll just talk with them. Yeah. In that yeah. sense. You know, sometimes we do, you know, it's a new year, let's play some cards, see what the symbols are, you know, things like that. So I play at a lot of different angles depending on who I'm working with, but... Um, you know, it, it's always fun, and, and it's always, you know, one of the things that, that I really have enjoyed is the regulars that I've had for a number of years. You know, they come to see me, and it's like, you know, I have a session with them, and we have a cup of coffee or tea, and we talk, and they leave, and it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, because they're, they're, they've gotten so much, they, they're so much further ahead than a lot of people in terms of using their intuition and, you know, and and just seeing things from a different angle, and so it's so nice. Well, I'm sure that you've helped them a great deal with that. Yeah, I, uh, it, it yeah, it's easy. I have a uh, a friend that I see in South Berwick, um, who uh, who's who's quite a channeler, and he channels um, he channels. Uh, folks on the other side, and, and right. uh, I've known him for probably a decade. And yeah, I'll go and see him uh, maybe once or twice a year, and uh, see what's going on if I'm if I'm missing anything. Because sometimes, uh, although although I feel I have a good finger on the pulse of my own situation, right. sometimes you can be too attached. Absolutely uh, right. And. Uh, that's where seeing a professional comes in. Someone yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. So another perspective, you know, is, yeah. is uh, to me it's healthy. You know, it definitely. Like I said, I do. I, I always, you know, all my friends and people around me. I, you know, I have a very open policy about if I'm doing something and I'm screwing up, you're allowed to also tell me. You know, if someone thinks that. I don't really necessarily get in, insulted about it. But one of the things that I find that works really powerfully is, again, it's always like I always look at the people that are most strongly influencing me now yeah. and how I'm reacting to them to see, to re, to reflect back what's going on with me. Yeah. Because the issue that I mentioned on the show, like I was working in this restaurant and the owner um, was going on about how he had to close this restaurant and we weren't even going to survive because people in Phoenix don't like good food, and they're stupid, and they don't understand um, what we're doing here, and they don't appreciate us, and they're not loyal to us in that sense, even though they go on and on about how good the food is. And, and I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking to myself, and I work in this restaurant for two years, and it was an Italian restaurant called Pasta Bar, yeah. and he's not wrong. The food, unbelievable. All homemade pasta, all the ingredients are from local farms. Um, people would, like, lick the bowls. He did an incredible job, but he didn't advertise enough. He didn't hit the concierge at the hotels. He didn't do enough promos to keep people coming in the door. He kept thinking they would just come to him automatically. And so I'm listening to him ranting, and I'm like, oh, my God, he is me. I'm doing this in my business. I'm saying the same things. No one's – I'm hardly selling any of my books right now, and I'm going on and on in great detail about it. And then, like, Jim, you're invisible. What do you? Uh, <laughs> Stop being invisible. Run a couple of ads in a couple of magazines. You know, do some more radio shows. Let people know that you exist. You dumbass. You know what I mean? And shut your mouth with the wow, whack, crybaby, poor, struggling artist syndrome. Right. 
So that's what I mean. I always tell people that, you know, it really is a lot of times it's right in front of you. You know, uh, although I always say that the people around us that are, are most irritating are really there. It's like looking in a carnival funhouse mirror at yourself. Oh, yeah. They're like exaggerating it to the nth degree. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm not that he, – he was a little – he was a little on the intense side. I'm not that much of a maniac, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. It's so, so true. Very we, have to, we have to keep putting ourselves out there. It's it's a challenge. It, it really is. Yeah. I know. It's uh, you know, every day you gotta gotta keep uh, keep on putting yourself out there and letting folks know you're there and. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, 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 absolutely. You just, you just got to do it. And that's why, you know, it's a blessing that the restaurant is over because it's forcing me to kind of, I have no choice. I've got to kind of, I've I got to kind of get out there in that sense. And I want to anyway, you know. I mean, yeah. it's just sort of, you know, when you really check in, you're, you know, your party is there already. You just have to catch up with those elements. So let people know we're here. But so... Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely down with an interview. So, um, awesome. Absolutely. Let me know. Um, I will. I'll look. I'll look at the calendar and I'll shoot you off an an email um, uh, in the next couple of days for sure. And my email is Fairhill Farm. So if you see something, I'll say, Hey, it's Laura. So you'll know it's me. But um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah. I, okay. Yeah, it'd be great to have you on the show. I know that. Uh, Everybody would enjoy you a great deal. Yeah, whenever whenever it fits, or whenever you're ready. Like I said, I've I've got like I said a lot more leeway now, and uh, you know it's cool. Anyway, even if I was on vacation or something, I could pick up the phone and do it anyway. That's the beauty of these uh, these new radio show formats. Um, yeah, it makes could, it makes it so easy. I, I my joke is because now I, I might get a I might get a webcam eventually and and go to Skype, but that would make me have to. Put something other than underwear and sweatpants on when I did. That's, that's so funny, Jim, because uh, I was on an interview uh, last week, and um, the guy didn't really make it particularly clear if he was uh, webcam or if he was um, uh, a little unclear as to you know what kind of a venue it was. So I I emailed him and I asked him, and he didn't get back to me. And then I emailed him again and I said, Look, I need to know if I need to do my hair. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's important to know the difference, right? Can I can I be in my baseball cap and my blue jeans just coming in from mucking the stalls, or do I need to be all dolled up? Right, exactly. Imagine the shock if it turned out it was on cam, too, and you weren't ready. Like, I mean, talk about shooting a woman in the foot in that oh, yeah. sense. That, that, that would be the single worst day of my life. It would be. It would be horrible. It is. It's really funny. But yeah, I am. I'm going back and forth. I, you know, as the show grows, because now I've committed to weekly, um, I might eventually do that. I mean, I there's a part of me that wants to, from the angle that I might even just broadcast maybe one show a week on web. Um, you know, I could because they could see cards and things like that. That might be um, something that would be fascinating to people in that sense too. Plus, I. You know, I'm kind of lucky because I'm 45 years old and I'm still fairly pretty, so I could run with yeah, that too. Oh, <laughs> I think you're very nice-looking fellow, I must say. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm lucky that way. Just I really good genetics. I just lucked out, and I guess you know, I always say, 
I've been, even as a kid, I, I always moisturize. Like, I always take care of myself. I find that very fascinating to, to, um, to uh, it's one of my other little things that I teach people. You don't have to age the way you're told you're supposed to age. No. Screw I'm that. Not. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, we're, yeah. We're, I, I, we're, we're about the same age, you and I. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I saw your picture and you look a lot younger. Because um, you're about mid 40s, too, right? Yeah, I'm 47. Yeah, so you look a lot younger in your picture also, and I thought that. But I think, again, that's really not surprising for older souls. I think, yeah. like I said, and also a lot of it is how stressed you are. Oh, yeah. You know, stress yeah. makes you age. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so when you when you write, when you learn not to be stressed, you don't age very much. You know, that's what I mean. I always say that really hardcore martyrs to me always look old. Like they'd been yeah. beaten down, and I, that's why I just don't. You know, when, that's exactly. You know, that's, that's a plug for that whole element. When you learn forgiveness, you just like you're not gonna let me. I'm not gonna age, and and be uncomfortable and unhappy. You don't get to do that to me anymore. Right. Goodbye. We're done. We're finished. You're free. I don't, I'm not mad at you anymore. Good luck. It's, it's yeah. fine. I ain't doing this anymore. And that's the kind of thing that I think also helps a lot with healthy aging, too. I do. You know. I do too. So. I, I I applaud you for doing a weekly show too. I think that's a. I when I was on Blog Talk, let's see. I was still, I was I was still only doing a monthly, and yeah. Uh, and now that I'm doing this, uh, well, uh, the airtime costs a lot of money. Right. Mm. And so, um, I, there are hosts on the network, of course, that have that are doing it. Um, that are doing it weekly, but it's like two sixty five oh really for an hour, for an hour show mm yeah that's that's a lot mm. um yeah, that's a lot. I can't blame you that would be uh that would be a too a little bit on the costly side um, but yeah, you know this is well i this is I just paid for this is thirty bucks a month to do yeah. otherwise they they've shifted the formula now now if you uh, for the free shows, you only get a 30-minute show. Really? Yeah, they just did that. So you had to commit to at least 30 bucks a month to do that, and that, of course, adds the Skype and all the other stuff to it as well. But, um, wow. They just did yeah, that, they, huh? I don't. I mean, I don't blame them, I guess. I'm sure everyone's got to, you know, make money somehow and survive and all that jazz. So, like I said, yeah. I, you know, I bit the bullet. I'll, you know, it's the last day in the restaurant was Saturday, and then I left for Vegas on Sunday morning, and um, I had a couple of customers I waited on, and they said, we just got to tell you right now, you need to be doing radio. You just have a radio show guy voice in that sense. So I'm like, well, I already am, and they were like, oh, my God, here, but, you know, but I was laughing. I was like, talk about a sign from the universe. Right. And that's why I committed to doing it more. It's kind of my thing. I, you know, I mean, I... I, you know, I, I did years ago, actually 10 years ago, I did a public access show for about, I did about 20 shows on a public access station. And uh, so I did TV, and that was so fun. Uh, and oh, I, I love it. I bet you were great at it. Yeah, it was a fun, you know, I look at the tapes, and I look like such a baby, though. I was like 30, and I look like such a boy. You know, it's just so cute. Like I'm like, I can't believe what a dork I look like. I mean, like, we're so young looking. But um, 
but I really enjoyed doing it. I mean, I think it was a really fun format. Radio's nice, again, because of the lazy factor, you know. So that's one thing that I could that I could commit to is, you know, again, you can do it. You can kind of do it anywhere. You can be, like I said, drinking a cup of tea in your sweatpants, and who cares, you know? Oh, I know. I know. It's so. great. And you connect with so many, uh, so many great people. I mean, you get to connect with wonderful people, and uh, I love it. I love radio. It's a great medium. Yeah, it's a it's a great venue, and this internet thing is is awesome. It just opens up so many doors. Because I'm sure you know, I mean, all the shows are archived. I go back over and look at all the shows I did to see how many people listen to them every once in a while. Yeah. And uh, it's really it's really fascinating to look at the shows that drew the most attention. Actually, one of the shows I did was a piece I wrote about the death of my father two years ago. I wrote a piece called The uh, Night My Father Died. I and saw that. And that show. Yeah, that show had a huge following in that sense. And the other one, the one that, and, and then and my interview shows always score big uh, for archives. And then um, the, I wrote a piece that I wrote years ago, but I run it almost every Christmas. My, it's called Tinfoil Over the Baby Jesus that I do. It's a very sarcastic little story about how we were raised Catholic and we had to put tinfoil over the Jesus in the nativity. And um, <laughs> weren't able to open our presents so we... What? Why tinfoil? Because he wasn't born yet, so we just had to cover him up. And then Christmas morning, you took the tinfoil off the baby Jesus, and then you oh, could open your fun. presents. And so my, this is oh. my mom's little ritual. So it's oh one of the God, pieces that I wrote that gets a lot of a, a a lot of applause from people because it's basically what I was doing. It was a humor piece, obviously, and it's very true. But I was just kind of trying to tell people, you can't like cram hardcore religious stuff down children's throats when they're young. They're not ready yeah. for it. It's too it's too scary for them. It's too, you know what I mean, they can't handle. When I was a little kid, the picture of Christ di- dead on a cross, it oh, scared awful. the shit I know. out of me. You know what I mean? I was raised Catholic, too, so yeah, I, I totally know. get it. Except we would, um, we kept the, the, uh, the baby Jesus in a very tasteful little box and promenaded him out on Christmas Eve. Oh, that, so. well, that makes more sense, actually. <laughs> Yes, yes. And actually, it's a tradition that I still, my daughter on Christmas Eve, that's what she does. She gets the little green silk box and brings out baby right. Jesus. And then we put him in the little crash and, you know, <laughs> but the tinfoil, that is hysterical. It, yeah, it was just, I mean, just a, so, just real, yeah, a lot of, a good third of my writing is very humor-based. I use it a lot. Um, because I'm a wise ass, you know what I mean? And I, I see the humor in it, and I like to make people laugh, and I think if we laugh at ourselves, we feel happier. But, you know, it was true. That's what we had. We, my mother was really hardcore traditional Catholic. Like, she doesn't know anything about Jesus or the Bible. You just have to go to church on certain days. You can't miss them. You can't eat an hour before you go to church, or you can't receive communion. Like, she, she knows more about the ritual, as a lot of Catholics do, as opposed to the spirituality of it. That, you know... Not little to no interest in. Yeah, well, you know, in in our current generation with hard hardcore Catholics, it's uh, it's tough. It was very serious business, right? I mean, it was there was a there was a lot on the line. There's a lot on yeah. the line if you didn't tote the line. Right. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And my, yeah, my mom was born in the. Mid 30s too, at the tail end of the depression. So the whole yeah. different flavor. 
you know, of importance. But yeah. Like Very, that, but you uh, know what I always say, honestly, the uh, I've actually wrote about this in my first book when I wrote Dirty Little Secrets. One of the books I wrote was mentioning that. You know, I'm glad I was raised Catholic because it it did have benefits too. There were yeah. things that were valuable. Like it was a very mystical religion. You yeah. know what I mean? And that tuned me into that early on, that I was willing to think. I remember my mother telling me all had a guardian angel. Yes. And, you know, I think a lot of a lot of these Christian, these harder Pentecostal, I mean, they don't want to talk about stuff like that. It's too esoteric. It's too weird. And to me, that's the fun stuff about religion. Yeah, don't get absolutely. rid of the fun stuff. You know? Don't don't get don't get rid of the good stuff. Yeah, I totally Yeah, agree. the good stuff. Don't take that out of it. You take that out of it, you know what I mean? You've you've taken any 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 value out, you know, in that sense at all. So I you know, like I said, I there were there were good things about it as well too. But again I use a lot my mother's a subject of humor a lot of times because she's a you know, she's Aries and she's a German and she's a baby soul and oh she's awesome, my mother. She's just a mess and I love it. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? You have to just... She's still alive. Yeah, my mom's still alive. My dad passed, like I said, about two years ago. My mom's in her late 70s. Um, But, uh, you know, they stayed together for years, and she took care of him when he got sick, and, you know, all of those other, you know, devotional things that that she did so well. So, um, but I, you know, I was very lucky. My mom was very cold, but dad was really a very warm Italian, um, lovable, big, fat Italian guy who, you know, so I had this kind of nice balance, actually. Yeah. My uh, my 90-year-old father uh, lives with us. He just moved in about three months ago. Wow. And, uh, and he was born in 1920. Wow, right, yeah. Uh, and it's really, wow. it's That's really awesome. awesome. He I was going to say, that would be great, because, yeah, if he's anything, even the ballpark like my dad, my dad was a delight. You know, I yeah. mean, he was a big fat, stuff your face. I mean, you could you could bring my bottle dad a bottle of cream soda and and give him cheese and crackers and grapes, and yeah. he would beam love, beam love yeah. that he's so yeah. impressed that you did this for him. And I said he was that easy. <laughs> was yeah. like, and people would say, "Oh, dad, this, that, that." I'm like, "You got to be kidding me! Could this be any easier?" He's like the best. Yeah. He'd, he'd just he'd cry at the family dinners. Because he'd look over everyone and cry because he's so happy. What a love. What oh, a love. Oh, God, I know that's what I mean. So the whole, you know, it always made me laugh. And, I like, you know, uh, what cause that's one of the things I grew up with is I had this dad that everyone wanted as their dad. You know, they, yeah. well, they didn't want my mother. But they <laughs> they wanted my father to be their dad. And a lot of people don't get good dads. Right. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And you have this sibling. How many kids? How many kids in the family? You have the siblings too. Uh, I was going to say, how many kids in your family? Uh, three. I'm the I'm the baby, and I have. You're the baby, right? Sister who's 14 years older, and brother who's seven years older, and right, wow. Not, 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 not a ton of communication with, but right, you know. Uh, yeah, well, that can be good or bad. I, I I talk with most of my family members fairly regularly. Fairly, um, we remain somewhat close. Uh, uh, really, probably shocking by most people's standards that we. In fact, there's a family mini family reunion in L.A. 
next week. I'm not going to it um, because I just was in L.A. a couple months ago seeing my brother. But um, my, most of my family's going to L.A. Uh, so, like, once or twice a year we do these little mini family reunions and stuff. Everyone's actually fairly close, strangely. They're all dysfunctional as hell, but I love them, and I don't. There's no battles anymore. Actually, you know what? When I became a writer, I wrote a piece years ago called Fam Damley Reunion. And I wrote about a family reunion, and I talked about some of the theatrics. And then when my family read it and they learned that I was a writer, they got very good about being afraid of Jim's pen. <laughs> and I was like, see, there's a Venus and Scorpio. That's a little manipulation you got to do somewhere along the line. Don't, don't mess up, guys, because you've got a big mouth over here. And uh, I always do it very humorously and loving, but there's still an element of a little bit of power that's going on there. Don't be a, a lunatic with me. You're not the guy you want to be a lunatic with. So, <laughs> saves you much agony. Oh. Well, good. Well, all right, so I'm going to go grab myself some lunch here. I'm still off kilter from Vegas. Um, although well, I slept last where, night really well. What's that? Where were you on your trip? I went to, um, I was in Las Vegas. I, I just drove. From here... You can drive to Las Vegas in about four and a half hours. Nice. Uh, and um, sometimes I fly. This time I drove. I go about five times a year. Um, oh. I get my rooms comped. Um, I stayed at Bally's. And um, it was nice. I mean, I just had a great time. In fact, the whole I won enough money to keep most of my costs covered. So four days, four nights, uh, I spent $220. That's fantastic. Which is mind-boggling, I know. One of my friends said, oh, you didn't win. I'm like, that's called winning, in case you... Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the room alone, had I had to pay that would have been uh, about $300. You know what I mean? What, what are you, nuts? You know what I mean? I don't, but, uh, but I don't pay for the rooms. And so, you know, I, I'm, actually, um, I'm actually doing a third book with a friend of mine this year. Um, we haven't titled it yet, but we started the work on it. But it's How to Gamble for Next to Nothing. Because really? um, I know how to do this. I know how to use comps. I know how to. I know how to manipulate the system where you can gamble very inexpensively, and um, so I want to kind of teach people how to do that. Um, so I'm working with a friend of mine who uh, does my web design, and we're putting this together. You know, I, I have no doubt in my mind it'll sell. You know what yeah. I mean? Not even this. In fact, I I think I'll probably make a lot of money from that, which is cool. That way I make money from that, I'll have passive income, and then I can do what I really love, which is spiritual stuff. In fact, that's why I go to Vegas. People always say, why does someone so spiritual want to go to a town like Vegas? And I always have the same answer, because it's so unspiritual, that's why I want to go. I don't, sometimes, it's just, what's that? The dichotomy. Yeah, it's, it's it's purposeful. I don't. It's like a vision quest. You get in the car, you drive, you go. I stay in a nice hotel. They kiss my ass for four days. I gamble. I don't think too much. I play. I smoke cigars. I, you know what I mean. Right. And then I come home and I'm done with it. And people just think it's so odd. And I say, no, it's not. It's that it 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 does really really do something for me, which is like a cleanse. It's like it's just a couple of days of being a bad boy. And then I come back to life, you know, normal reality, day-to-day responsibilities and all those things. Because I don't even answer or check my phone messages when I'm in Vegas. I don't work. I don't work. 
So it's three days, four days of no work. So, although sometimes I bring the notebook and do some writing, though. You know? Hello? I think we got disconnected. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I get, maybe you can hear me still. If you still hear me, it was great talking with you. Yeah, let me know by email, and uh, we must have got disconnected. So, all right, have a good one. Peace.